Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things we've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. And my name is Ruthie. So, you know how we buy stuff from Amazon and then we have to like send it certain... Uh, I have to send it to certain places because I don't want it to get stolen. You have to... Is that still a thing? Your your packages still get stolen? No, that's a, that's a US thing. It happens everywhere. Oh, that's true, it's I guess. Always, <laughs> it's always a risk, right? It's always a risk. Uh, you just assume that it'll arrive at your doorstep and then nobody will take it either, right? Well, we have a doorman, so oh, that helps. It helps. Arrive. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I went ahead and tried Amazon Locker. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. They're all over the city. They're all over the city. Uh, for me, uh, the nearest one is a couple of miles away, uh, but I figured why not try it, right? Because I was gonna, I was, I ordered something on a Saturday, and it said, "Oh, it'll arrive on a Monday." If you go, if I go, send it to Jessica's workplace, which is what I've been doing, uh, or it'll arrive tomorrow if I choose an Amazon Locker. So I chose an Amazon Locker and like, oh, well, may as well try it, see what it is. So, uh, so far my experience has been kind of really positive. It's essentially what happens is they'll they'll do the normal thing. Your package is getting delivered, it's shipped out, blah 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 blah. And once it arrives in the Amazon Locker, they'll send you an email with a barcode and a and a and a number, right? And then you go to the location and then you, uh, the the one I chose is inside a Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. There are Amazon lockers that are like outside of Seven Eleven or something, and those are twenty four hours. But I didn't want to choose those ones. I want to choose the one that's actually inside a business. Mm-hmm. So you go in, and it looks like a regular locker. Some of them are orange. The one I got was like all brown. Uh, there are no keys, the key locks on the lockers itself. They're just like flat lockers. But in the in the kiosk, you you either sign, you either check your barcode, or you put in the the number, and then. Uh, the locker that has your item will just pop open. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was pretty neat. And and the pack. The, the, so you don't know which locker it's gonna be in. You do not know which locker it's gonna be in, right? Ooh, yeah. that's kind of fun. Yeah, it, it was kind of like it, it was kind of like neat because you can kind of I guess you can make a game out of it. Like, oh, which one is mine? Right? Yeah, <laughs> but but like, yeah, open sesame. I I just opted to scan my barcode from my phone, and then it just goes pop. The one upper upper left popped up. I go, oh, there's my thing. And I actually had two packages, right? And they separated it into two bags, so they had two lockers. And the first barcode was smart enough to to tell the computer that, hey, he also has another package. You don't have to scan the other barcode because we know that that's also yours. So that's pretty smart about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Just, you only have to scan once, and then if multiple lockers open, then it'll be one at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then and then it will say like open uh open locker. They will have, it will say like two lockers available kind of thing, and then. You click on one, and then one will open, and then the next one will be lo- one locker available. You click on that one, and then the next one opens up. Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. It's kind of, it's kind of like um, what's that game with Vanna White? Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess. I guess you put it <laughs> that way. Did you pretend you were like Vanna White, <laughs> opening, opening no, letters? No, <laughs> I, I, I did not pretend I was Vanna White, but. But yeah, so it, it was kind of neat. I think I might actually do this more often now because now, because I can, there's like so many of them around. I can literally just choose one on the way home from work and I can go there, pick it up, and then go home kind of thing. Or, I guess you can kind of like play it like bingo. Right. And not, not only that, but um, lately they've really been going on with the whole like, we will deliver your package by 9 p.m. of the day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I said to Jessica's workplace, if the package arrives after five when she leaves, which has happened in the past, It'll be sent back, right? Or or I'll have to pick it up somewhere else, kind of thing. So so if I want to avoid that, 
I can just choose an Amazon locker and then it'll arrive like a, maybe like at eight o'clock at night and I can just drive there, pick it up and go back home. That's true. Yeah. So I think uh, I might... the convenience of having a car. Yeah. But I mean, for you, for new New York, I'm sure I'm assuming there's an Amazon locker nearby, right? Yeah, there's, I think there's a few, I know there's a lot around like Midtown uh-huh. close to where I am and I, I see them everywhere. Like, um, like in the CVS or in, um, like any of, any other stores and they have a lot of locations, but I never really needed it. So right. I always just, yeah, I always just passed it by, but it's pretty cool to know how it works. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if you have like really large items, I don't know how they're going to handle that. There are larger, uh, size lockers in the Amazon locker. However, mm-hmm. so, you know, some items are pretty big and bulky. I don't know if those ones will just have a, a marking on amazon.com saying like, this can't be an Amazon locker or, or something. Right. Yeah. So I, until it happens, I'm going to just, I guess I'm just going to stick with Amazon Locker. I'll just do that. Hmm, try ordering a rug and see what happens. <laughs> try ordering a rug. <laughs> I did, I'm pretty sure there is no locker in Amazon Locker that has a size for a rug. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, because the, the right the right that I chose that has an Amazon Locker is next is nearby the movie theater that I'd normally go to. So that just could be my thing. I could watch a movie and then I can, hmm. after the movie, I can go over and pick up my package. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, convenient. Yeah, for me, I would not leave my house and then go back out again to go get it like, no, no, not after <laughs> no no i hear you i hear you. There, there, there is always the convenience but, of it being set to your house or apartment or whatever yeah. but well but it's convenient for you because you already drive and you can just drive right back whereas like for me like i would have to walk out a few blocks or even take the train and then right. do the same thing coming back and next thing i know it's like an hour and a half eaten away yeah but like, like you said you have a doorman so you kind of have that option to just set it to your doorman <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I have to worry about the chance that somebody might steal it. I mean, I have a ring app to take, to take a camera or whatever, but your item's still going to get stolen if, if somebody yeah. picks it up. You're just going to see who's, who did it, but it's not like you can stop them. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anyways, on this 254th episode of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Ruthie's trip to Paris, or is it Ruthie's trip to Paris? To Paris? Oui, <laughs> oui. Oui, oui. Uh, we're going to be talking about vegetables. Yeah, that's right, vegetables. And then we're going to be talking about uh, the what's going on news topics. And of course, I have to mention Movie Pass, which just went, which officially ended. Well, in quotes, I'll get to that later on. But I, I will do my eulogy for Movie Pass, I suppose. Right? On with the show. So, Ruthie, uh, you just came back from Paris recently. Tell us how that went. We, oui, we, oui, it went. Très bien. Très bien. Très, très bien. It was very, very good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, probably one of um, the prettiest city I have ever seen in my entire life. Okay. It's it's like, I, I, I can't even imagine like words to describe it. It's just super historical. Like the, sen- the very center of Paris, which is the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Um, the Louvre Museum is actually was actually the original royal palace of French monarchy. And it was turned into a museum, I think, in the 1800s or like early, like sometime in the late 1800s. Um, And that was, yeah, I mean, that was just, I, I, the words could not describe, like you think, you know, when you've heard about the Louvre, like, oh, it's a museum, like, all right, whatever. But then you go there, it's this massive building structure. Oh, hold on. That's... Before you could see, maybe maybe I should play this in the background. Sure. 
It's jazz music for Paris. Okay, continue. How oh, very français. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> You're just gonna be playing this in the background. Sure, why not? Go for it. All right. So, well, going back to the Louvre, it's one of the most historical places. Um, the the foundation of the Louvre actually was uh, they started building it in like about a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's that much history. Like, America's not even half that old, you know. So, go to places like this. And, but the but the mm-hmm. pyra- but the pyramid thing is relatively new, right? Well, yeah, that's like the newest thing. Um. So, like, actually, it was, the funny thing about the, the pyramid is a lot of people were against it because, like, it's super modern and then you have, like, all this historical beauty around you and then you're going to stick, like, a pyramid right in the middle of it. Actually, it's not just the pyramid. There's the big pyramid and then there's, like, a few small pyramids all, like, all around it. Okay. And when you first see it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, why is this thing here? I mean, it's pretty, but at the same time, you're like... But the Louvre is prettier, so why put this smack dead in the middle? And it's just going to obstruct the view of the Louvre. Okay. So I get why Parisians were kind of against its building at first. But kind of, it's kind of like um, the Eiffel Tower when it was built for the World's Fair mm-hmm. um, in the eighteen, also in the eighteen hundreds. Um, it was built to be taken down a few, a couple of years later after the World's Fair. Um, French people, like the Parisians, they hated the Eiffel Tower when it first went up because if you ever go to Paris like you will know why everything in Paris like kind of has the same look has the same feel and then you have the Eiffel Tower which is very industrial it's all iron and it's um, it just sticks out so high into the sky whereas everything everything every building in Paris is no more than five or six stories so everything is relatively the same height so wait they have a height rule in Paris They have a height rule in so Paris. It's, it's kind of like the the rule they have in in Hawaii, Washington. where where you can't have like big giant billboards, right? Yeah. yeah, or or in Washington D.C., where you can't have a building higher than 10 or 12 stories because it can't be higher than the Capitol Hill. Mm. Okay, that's interesting because I know in Anaheim, California, Disneyland can only build like rides at a certain height because Anaheim has certain rules on how tall certain things have to be. It, oh, it, it gets interesting! To, it gets to the point where, like, the Tower of Terror, or now it's the Guards of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. They have to dig like underground to get the full length of what they want because they that, that's as high they can they go. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, go <laughs> that's on. Interesting. Back to Paris. Uh, so back to Paris and the Eiffel Tower, the Tour de Eiffel or Tour Eiffel. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it, they ended up just accepting that as a fact that it's just part of the Parisian skyline and it became iconic so they decided okay fine I guess we can keep it but uh, we actually stayed at a hotel that was in this area called Passy mm-hmm. a beautiful neighborhood it's one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in in Paris um, we kind of got lucky with that because I had no idea how posh it actually was our, our cab driver actually gypped us on the way there when he found out that that's where we were staying wait how, how, um, posh, can it, how posh can it be I thought a lot of the buildings in, in Paris are really like old it's like uh, well it's posh in that it's old but it's beautiful like the architecture is it is ridiculously like every it, I can't even describe it it's like you turn every corner and it's like beautiful building after beautiful building after beautiful building mm-hmm. and it's all in that houseman um 
uh, style, architecture style, which uh, um, was an architect that Napoleon III actually uh, commissioned to rebuild Paris so that it kind of has um, uh, like a like one principle in terms of how the whole city is supposed to feel and like um, the way buildings are supposed to look. Like not every building is the same, but it kind of has a a look to it. You know, the very Parisian look with the French windows and the balconies and every building has it, even though every building has its own style. Um, even modern buildings have it in, in Paris. But uh, in Passy, it's it's a little bit hilly around Passy. So like when you're walking up and down, like you really see the um, like the different architectures and like how it just like folds on top of each other, so to speak. And I don't know. It's just really pretty. It's five. It's a five seven minute walk away from uh, what do you call it? from the Eiffel Tower. Okay. So we could see the Eiffel Tower from our hotel, and literally, like, we could walk two minutes, and it's like Eiffel Tower again. And then you cross. Now, if you've seen you've seen Inception, right? Mm-hmm. You remember that scene where um, where they walk over a bridge, and she like opens up a huge mirror, and then like it extends some more. Okay, go on. Yeah, that's the Pont Birhakem. And that's actually that was actually like the bridge that we had to walk to almost every day to take the train. Oh. All right. Yeah, it's really cool. It's be- it's a beautiful bridge. And then as you're walking down the bridge, the Eiffel Tower is just like right across the river sticking out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just like gigantic this gigantic structure just everywhere you look. So like Literally everywhere in Paris, wherever you look, you see the Eiffel Tower. If you look in its direction, you're going to see the Eiffel Tower. So after like the third day, we were kind of like, this thing again. <laughs> we can't get away from it. <laughs> well, it's just, a, it's just a natural like visual in the background, that's all. Natural? Yeah. Well, natural <laughs> in the sense that it's there. It's like a mountain. It's like a yeah. mountain in the middle of, of Paris. Yeah, it's kind of like it's just, it's there. But mm. it's cool. Like, it's really pretty. I, I didn't go up. Because uh, when we went to the base of it, like I, I, I kind of caught um, uh, a, a sense of what do you call this? Um, what do you fear of heights? <laughs> okay. Acro- it- what? Is, acro- no, not acrophobia. Acrophobia is. Well, fear of heights. You know what it is. Yeah, fear of heights. I should know what it is. I have fear of heights. Oh, do you really? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you do. I you do. mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, another thing, a cool thing we saw were the churches. That was really cool. Um, we saw Saint Chapelle, where um, they have these beautiful stained glass windows, and they rise up like I don't know, maybe ten stories high, and it's unbelievable. Because like you walk outside of it, you don't even realize what's inside until you go inside, and then you look it's like up at this chapel, and it's like the most beautifully colored stained glass windows you've ever seen and every stained glass window actually has a biblical story to it yeah um we unfortunately weren't able to see to go into notre dame because of course uh, as you all know the fires uh, devastated right right um so it's still under construction you couldn't even go near the church the whole block surrounding uh notre dame was closed off so I was able to take a picture, take some pictures from the bridge, okay. um, and a couple from the river when we took a, um, a river boat tour. But that's about it. It is pretty. It's really badly damaged. So I think it's going to be a few years before uh, people are going to be able to see the inside of it again. Okay. Uh, besides, yeah. the, besides the touristy spots that you're, that you're talking about, anything interesting happened? 
Um, we went to the Stade de France, which is this 85,000 um, seater stadium for okay. a football stadium. And it was beautiful. Oh my gosh, the stadium was huge. Huge. How like huge was it? Was it? Huge. <laughs> how huge? Uh, how many? Uh, wait, 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 what's it called again? The Stade de France. I can't so be, it's um. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, if I can if I can even spell that in the Google. <laughs> <laughs> it's the French stadium, basically. It, uh, it was actually um, I think one of the Olympic stadiums when it was in when the Olympics were in Paris. Okay. Um, and it's right outside Paris. It's not too far. It's like 40, 45 minutes uh, outside of Paris by train. It says right here um, that uh, it's it holds eighty one thousand three hundred and thirty eight seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, impressive. That sounds right. Um, so drama that happened for the game, which you never think that, I mean, football is as dramatic or soccer is as dramatic as they come. Right. So, uh, a lot of flopping. My boy- right. <laughs> so <laughs> much drama and flopping. <laughs> a lot of drama. Um, so my boyfriend's Albanian. And so we went to see France versus Albania for the European qualifiers. And actually, our seats were really nice. Like, we we didn't know what we were choosing. We just thought, like, okay, I guess this is the second... This is, like, the second best... Or the best-looking tickets that's not the most expensive. So, okay. it wasn't also so expensive. And when we got there, it was actually, like, these private rooms. Oh, with nice. Like, so, it's, it's, like it's kind of like you... It's kind of like you have one of those... Uh, not, not really a suite. Yeah, it's kind of like a suite. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. It was kind of like a suite, but the seatings were outside, and there was an inside room. Huh. And there was a bar that was just free drinks because you paid for it with your ticket. And it was actually was not that expensive. I mean, for 102 euros, it was not considering what we what we had. It was not that expensive. Like we had unlimited drinks. Um, there was no food, but it wasn't bad at all, and <laughs> it was comfortable. <laughs> um, and so when the game was about to start. Of course, they do the whole national anthem singing thing or playing thing. Um, when they played uh, the national anthem for Albania, the wrong song came on. It was the national anthem for Andorra. Wait, wait, was that on purpose? Like they were pranking Albania, or or was it just like an honest it, mistake? Did they say it was an honest mistake? <laughs> but it gets worse. <laughs> so that's why, I, like, we were looking at each other, like, wait, this is not. And, I, and I've heard it enough times that I was like, wait, that's not your national anthem. He's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then the French people that were sitting next to us, he's, his father and son, they were looking at him like, what's wrong? And then he started speaking French that I don't know what he was saying, but he was like, no, no, this is not the national anthem. I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't. And then we saw pieces of like people throwing paper right. from all around the stadium. And then you can see in the big screen, the Albanian um fan clubs were the Albanian clubs like the, in the corner the fans uh-huh. they were throwing up middle fingers they were cursing at the camera wow. and, we were like, and I was like what where is this coming from the paper I thought it was like the French fans like throwing paper into the stadium being rude and then we found out later on there were Albanian fans scattered all around the stadium and they were the ones throwing paper wait you, you only just don't figure it out yeah, we figured it out afterwards because like I it was it just all happening so fast. Uh, huh? Of course, when the national anthem goes on and people are like doing a raucous throwing paper stuff, it's gotta be the Albanians because they're complaining about the about the music. I know, but we thought that they thought that it was the Albanian national anthem because they wouldn't know what the Albanian national anthem mm-hmm. was. So we thought that they were just being rude, but it turns out like 
it wasn't even them. Like they had no, they really had no idea. And then the French national anthem came on. That was fine. So then, of course, like the players and the coaches, they were livid. Mm. And uh, they didn't usually right after the last national anthem is played. They they shake hands and then they start the game. The players did not do that. The Albanian players they just stayed on the field. They were waiting, and it took about ten to twelve minutes for the game to start because I don't know why it took them forever to find the right song. Wow. And then it gets worse. The MC offered an apology. Guess to who? To uh, France. <laughs> to Armenia. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> it, it it really sounds like they're doing it on purpose now. Right, right, mm-hmm. and he's like, and then everybody started boo- booing, of course. So he's right. like, "S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît," like, please, 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 stop, stop. And there, and every, I think he didn't even understand his own mistake. And then they actually had an inter, like a. An Albanian person apologized in Albanian in the Albanian language mm-hmm. um, after him, and then finally, I guess they they allowed like the players agreed to play. They lost. It was four two, but you know, I oh, they they played the national the national anthem eventually. Uh, they got it right this time, um, but I guess that like disheartened the players and they lost pretty badly four to one. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. It's. I mean, we knew it was kind of going to happen. But, but still. yeah, it was a lot of drama for that, for that game alone. Just the beginning of it, it was just like, mm-hmm. whoa, what is happening? And then all of the European sports medias were blasting France for making that huge, huge, huge mistake mm-hmm. twice. Like once for one, they, they played the national anthem of Andorra, and then the MC apologized to Armenia instead of Albania. So. A couple of days later, we end up. We we were in the Louvre. We were looking around, and we saw a, an old ancient map, and we were looking at it. And we asked one of the um, curators or people that were there on the side, and asked them if they knew anything about the map. And we were just talking, and um, and I was like, "Oh, he's from here." And I pointed to where the, the Illyrian Kingdom around where Albania would be. And she was like, "Oh, what what country is that?" And I said, and we said Albania. And she just looks at her face, just drops, and she looks at him. She goes, "Je suis désolé. I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> we just start laughing, like, "Oh my gosh!" Even she knows. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was a that was a pretty fun, um, funny thing, a very very funny mistake that happened by the French government. Um, it was so bad, in fact, that the French president Macron. Apologized to the country of Albania, made okay. a made a public apology on behalf of the mistakes that the stadium made. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, to wrap it up, anything else that you need to to uh, say about your trip to Paris? Um, food is good. Architecture is amazing. Lots of history. Literally, the food. You cannot go wrong. You could literally buy food from a food truck. It's the most amazing thing. Why, why do I not believe you? <laughs> I, thought the, <laughs> I thought the stereotype was that French food was like, you know, not very much. It's not very much, but the qua- the taste and the quality of the food is really good. All right. Like uh, you can have a, a waffle or a crepe from literally. Oh, I, got I love a food truck wait, 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 off wait, wait. of like our it's, boat tour. It's pronounced, it, it's pronounced crepe, not crepe. It's not a crepe. It's a crepe. <laughs> I've always called it a crepe. 
<laughs> and it's not a creperie. It's a creperie. I do like crepe. <laughs> crepe. See? See? I got it right. I do, yeah, I do like crepe. Uh, crepes are delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. It doesn't sound right to me. Crepe. I know. It doesn't sound right to us, but mm, okay. it is crepe. Yeah. Crepe. Maybe that's the French way of saying it. Is there an English word you have saying it? Crepe. Crepe. <laughs> But a crepe is a crinkle. <laughs> is that what it is? A crepe is a crinkle. A crepe is a kind of like crinkle in a in um in a fabric. Oh wow! Okay, all right. That's that's <laughs> good to know. That's good to know. Uh, all right. Anyways, anything else? Um. Yeah. I mean, if you guys get a chance to go to Paris, it's not that expensive. You it, by. Aside from like what most people say that Paris is very expensive because it's so luxurious, it's mm-hmm. not. It's actually pretty affordable. Um, I rec- highly recommend going. I know it's super touristy, but it's a really beautiful city. Even my boyfriend, he's European. He's been to a lot of European cities. He said it's the most beautiful city he's seen in Europe. Cool. All yeah. right. You uh, should go. I should go. You and Jessica should go. <laughs> that, that's, that's all right. I, I, I don't need to go. Bring the dogs. <laughs> I, I'm not the traveling type anymore, so I, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. If you're gonna travel once, go there. Yeah, sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all right then. All right, there we go. That's uh, uh Ruthie's trip to Paris. Let's talk about vegetables because why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about we are talking about vegetables. Um vegetables. Apparently, apparently they are well, you know, also fruits. I'm sorry, not just that's vegetables, also fruits. Fruits and vegetables. Yes, there, there is this uh Huffington Post article that I read here called These Fruits and Vegetables Are Predicted to Be the Next Big Trend. So this is kind of okay. interesting, and, and the reason why this kind of grabbed my attention, because you know how uh the past couple of years a lot of people was like talking about uh what was it called again kale <laughs> kale was a yeah, thing oh my gosh right like it like, was everywhere like why is kale a thing and then and so now i saw this article i'm like oh well maybe i can see what the next big kale thing is <laughs> in fact the sub the subtitle says so long kale and avocado food industry and analysts predict the next big produce trends so let's see if we agree with them uh let's see are we, we- gonna do a game uh, it's not really much of a game. It's just the two of us <laughs> on the episode. <laughs> well, we could see a game between the two of us. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know how that works, Ruti. <laughs> oh, nobody would. Oh, you've already read it, so never mind. <laughs> well, I haven't read it, actually. But but uh, oh. but I'm, I'm not going to guess. I'm just going to scroll down the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Fine. Okay, we're, 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 not go- we're not going to uh, say what everything they're going to mention here because, you know, I guess we should try to direct people to read the article that we're stealing from for the for the podcast so we'll <laughs> we'll do like the top i don't know four how about that top four okay. things listen here uh first up is seaweed this is something that i always like i love seaweed you know like the nori japanese nori and all that yeah. stuff seaweed seaweed's good uh i got no problem with that i didn't really think that it was going to be a, a fashionable trendy fad thing i thought seaweed is always around like, i think it's because oh, well, i guess because we're asian because like, we're asian yeah yeah seaweed's a staple I'm really curious to see if this really does catches on to white people. Seaweed. <laughs> hmm. Maybe maybe the nori stacks will like is what will catch up. Maybe that's yeah. it. maybe that's what it maybe. is. Maybe maybe. All right. Uh, jackfruit. What is jackfruit? I should know what jackfruit Langka. is. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> no, it's in halo halo. How do you not like langka? Oh, 
Oh, then okay. I think I have an idea what this is now. It's that yellow thing, the yellow fleshy fruit that's mm. really big and prickly. It's not durian. You're thinking of durian. I'm thinking of durian. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's like the bigger version of durian and not so stinky one. I don't know. I don't think how how could it this... tastes like a mango. Hmm. I, well, and pineapple the, mixed the, together. How is this going to be the next fashion fashionable fruit or vegetable? Um, I think part of it too is the, the last sentence here. Restaurants are not alone in raising awareness of jackfruit. As food manufacturers like the Jackfruit Company and grocers like Trading Trader Joe's also mm-hmm. seem poised to capitalize on the trade, I, I suppose if Trader Joe has been kind of like uh, not really a hipsters uh, place to go to, so I guess if if Trader Joe's tried to sell it to a bunch of hipsters, it might catch on. I suppose. So yeah, yeah I, I suppose guess, yeah, I, I suppose so. I mean, they are selling dried mangoes from the Philippines, right? Right. In Trader Joe's now, right? So why not jackfruit? Where it's also from, hmm. you know. You know how I said we're going to choose the the four the four items they're they're going to mention in the article. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's, apparently there's only four items. <laughs> oh, so we're going to mention all of them. <laughs> so we're going to mention all of them. Okay. I next, you, oh, you didn't read the article. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you I didn't read the article. Uh, <laughs> next up is the honey nut squash. I'm not sure what this is. Honey nut squash. Honey nut squash. Can you Google it? What does it look like? I'm um, looking at the picture right now. It, I mean. Uh, we're <laughs> shrugging. Describe. It looks more like uh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll read the article here. Uh, nope, it's not butternut squash, but it's close. With the help of Dan Barber, chef co-owner of the famed Blue Hill at Stone Barn, uh, Stone Barns, a Cornell plant breeder, developed this tinier-looking version of a butternut squash. So I don't know what a butternut squash is or uh, a honeynut squash. Huh. Okay. It in, it's intensely flavored, way more than a traditional butternut squash, because I still don't know what it is, and you don't have to use as much butter or maple syrup. Hmm. It's much easier to cook and chop. You don't have to cut it in half. We're seeing more and more retailers pick up honey nut squashes. Well, we know what a squash is, and apparently mm-hmm. there are like sweeter versions of a squash. So it's not a butternut squash. It's a honey nut squash. So it's sweeter than honey than butternut? I didn't even I know there was more than one kind of squash. <laughs> I know. We don't really do squash, so I don't really know what squash. Like, I guess. Yeah. This one is going to be weird because I think Asians know are familiar with this one. Mushrooms. Yeah. Um, mushrooms are... Is it going to be a thing? I guess so. It says here there's a big resurgence in terms of going beyond uh, the button crimini and shiitake. Oh, shiitake mushroom. This might be a thing where like uh, another Jap- Japanese influential influential uh, food item that, that it's catching on with white people. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. So supposedly mushrooms are going to be Maybe we should thing. say Americans. White people. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, Americans, Americans. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so those are the main four ones that, that uh, the Huffington Post here said. Uh, fruits and vegetables that are predicted to be the next big trend. And since they mentioned that, I figured we might as well go ahead and talk about like the 10 vegetables nobody wants to eat. Right. So this mm-hmm. is in Ranker, and um, uh, this one I'll only mention the top five. Okay, so people can click on the link if they want to read the whole thing. Uh, do you want to guess what number one is? The vegetables mm. nobody wants to eat. This is out of like 10,000 votes. People that hate veg- that the top hated vegetables. Yes. Or fruits? Uh, or ve- vegetables. No fruits here. Vegetables. Vegetables. Um, broccoli. Broccoli is not in the top five. Broccoli is number nine. Oh, okay. No, I was, I was surprised too. Stereotypical broccoli. Oh. 
I know, right? Yes. What's number one? Uh, Brussels sprouts. Really? Yes. I don't even remember what Brussels sprouts taste like. Like asparagus, but they're bulbous. Mm, shrug. I don't know. I, I don't like it because it makes your pee smell bad. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> but it's actually supposed to be really good for you. Well, vegetables are vegetables. Really good for you. Okay, what's, what, give me another guess. Um, nom, 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 nom. Onions? Onions are... I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking... Oh, number 24. Hmm. Okay. That's okay. pretty bad. Uh, number two is kale. I guess uh, this might be part of the reason. Maybe people are just tired of hearing about kale. Kale so. is so overrated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I is. mean, it's really high in iron and it's really good for you. But it just ate. Oh, my. It's like chewing grass. It's really tough. Hmm. Even if you cook it down, it's it's not very easy to chew. So the title of this list is The Vegetables Nobody Wants to Eat. And I got to say, number three, four, five are vegetables that I totally eat. But kale, everybody eats kale. No, no, not kale. Or is it because it's a it's a trend? Kale. Number two, I know, but yes, number two. But the, the three, four, five are vegetables I totally eat and I actually do like. Uh, What's the, three, four, five? Uh, three is cauliflower. I like cauliflower. Mm. Who doesn't yeah, like cauliflower? Cauli- Who doesn't like cauliflower? Apparently, like- a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but it tastes like nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four, celery. Come on, celery. What? Yeah, celery like, goes with everything. Like, yeah. what if you're che- eating chicken wings? You're not gonna eat a celery. Yeah, I, mean, I like to cleanse your palate. It's a very crunchy thing, and you dip it in in ranch ranch sauce, right? Ranch dressing. Uh, and number five, I don't know if this is an Asian thing, but eggplant. I like eggplant. <gasps> Eggplant's so good. What yeah. the heck? Okay. Well, I mean, this is vo- this is voted by white people. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is voted by Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Americans. All right. So th- th- there is our uh, podcast uh, quota of about talking about fruits and vegetables for the next uh, hundred episodes. I guess. But you didn't talk about fruits. Oh well, early was it no fruits in the other article, the Huffington Post? Well, the jackfruit. Oh, there, there we go. Then jackfruit. <laughs> so vegetables mostly, but. Jackfruit, also in this conversation. All right, let's move along. As of this recording, it's currently 4 a.m. on uh, September 18, 2019 in Paris, France. Since Ruti, we just went there. And it's time we take a look and see what's going on. Uh, speaking of French people, not, not at all. It's a joke, joke. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. Uh, two versions of Aedes mosquito are invading Southern California. And the only reason why I mentioned this is because I think I may have gotten bit by this mosquito. <laughs> what kind of mosquito is it? Okay, so. What does it give you? So, according you to dying? this, according to this article in uh, the OCregister.com, Aedes Egypti, Egypti or whatever, is one of two species of the Asian tiger mosquito spreading across Southern California. And apparently it is uh, identified by black and gray spots and longish mosquito tails. Dude, that's the thing that put me in the hospital in 2000. Oh, seriously? I got dengue fever from it. Now, the reason why I think I got this is because it says here some of the, one of the things it does is it, it bites around your ankles. And I got like all this, I was like scratching a lot around my ankles. Hmm. Maybe it's because of this stupid things. <laughs> Just when you started wearing shorts. <laughs> I know, right? See, maybe I need to go abandon shorts again. <laughs> is this the I reason? Guess you had the right idea. Is this, the, is this the reason why I dropped shorts all those decades ago? <laughs> because of freaking mosquitoes? In the film, now you remember. <laughs> in the film, there's a lot of mosquitoes. And yeah, there we go. That must be what it is. Jeez. There, uh, 
mosquitoes, blah, blah, blah. Speaking of bugs or things that might annoy you or annoy Netflix at least, there's apparently a lot of people that are unsubscribing to Netflix like recently or this past weekend or this past week or whatever. And yeah, because they if, raised their prices again. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, they, raised, they raised the price earlier this week, uh, earlier this year, right? So I think part of it too is because um, there's an online protest on Netflix canceling all these shows. And the most recent one that got a lot of fans really upset is the OA. Which is a show that I've seen the first season of. I've uh, never seen the sequel, the season mm-hmm. two of the OA. But it was a good show, and a lot of passionate fans are really complaining about it. In fact, there's there's somebody who is, I don't know if they're still there, but there was a woman who was doing a hunger strike in front of the, one of the Netflix buildings. And hopefully she's not there anymore because maybe she died. But uh, but anyways, so, so on Twitter, there, there was this uh, hashtag cancel Netflix thing going on. There's supposed to be a mass cancellation on September 10th, which was like seven or eight days ago from this from this recording. Uh, and the statement goes, they can't keep canceling the shows we love and expects us to stay subscribed. And the abusive cycle Netflix has us in. Join us and cancel September 10th. So from that point on, people were, are supposed to Canceled like crazy on Netflix. Uh, and it, it calls out certain shows that were canceled, like the OA, Sense8, the Santa Clarita Diet, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, For Haters Back Off, For One Day at a Time, uh, Marco Polo, Gypsy, Daredevil, mm-hmm. The Get Down, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Now, a, a bunch of the ones mentioned are actually, they actually ended their run, not really canceled. But some stuff like Daredevil. Yeah, Sense8 stopped. Yeah. Yeah, Sense8's well, ended. Sense8 was forced to stop. That's one thing, though. Got, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt ended its run, I believe. So, but shows like like Santa Clarita Diet that they they were unceremoniously canceled. You know, say to be Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, Daredevil. Um, mm-hmm. But point is, is that if Netflix has been noticing a, a drop in subscribers, it's probably because of this, which is weird because I could have Jamming mentioned like a week or two ago is that Netflix numbers are actually up for subscriptions. Hmm. So go fig, but uh, well, maybe they're trying to meet their numbers and margins. Yeah, but but the, this this story does make a good point though. I mean, if Netflix keeps canceling the shows you actually watch, then there really is no point to keep Netflix, right? Right. So yeah. far, luckily for me, it hasn't got to that point yet. They they still have shows that I actually do like to watch, so mm-hmm. I, I definitely will be sticking around. But for those people who whose shows are getting canceled, I feel for you. Um, speaking of um, video streaming, I guess. Uh, Best Buy and Staples are being sued for encouraging piracy and selling pirate devices. Now, this is in part to a lot to do, do with like third-party uh, video devices with, like, mm-hmm. that can like stream, I guess, illegal content. Right? They're designed so that you can put in illegal content in them or not. Kind of, it's kind of like the the whole Napster thing, I guess. Like, yeah. Like, do you blame Napster if people are pirating pirate stuff using their service? Well, as the courts have ruled, I guess yes, you could. So what? So people are uh, there's some companies suing Best Buy and Staples because they have like uh, these device boxes, video boxes, media boxes, and not only that, but the the employees are even like telling customers like how to get illegal content for the devices, which is stupid. If that's oh. if that's really true, <laughs> I was if, gonna say it's not their fault if they're selling devices, but if the employees are encouraging customers to buy the devices for the sake of sales then yeah that's stupid. i would say yeah that's pretty bad now i i don't know that's that's what they claim is happening i don't know how true that is right but i mean i guess an employee could like tell the little person oh you should buy this one and you can like download this app 
which will give you this free movies, you know, that kind of thing. All right. So that yeah, that would that would be bad. But it's kind of interesting because I hardly ever go to Best Buy or Staples, and I'm I guess that, that, that these things are still being sold. All right. Uh, speaking. I of, guess so. I guess so. Um, I got no segue for this one. Uh, but man claims Disney World trip will be ruined by girlfriend's newborn niece. Now the subtitle <laughs> of this article here is that um, Reddit apparently backs him up. <laughs> a man has asked Reddit if he was a jerk for saying his girlfriend's sister and newborn baby would ruin a group holiday to Disney World. I mean, it is subjective. It is subjective whether it's going to ruin it or not. I mean, suppose I guess for him, he'll prefer to go without kids, right? Which is understandable, yeah. but but still. But yeah, like um, like you're also going to Disneyland, Disney World, dude. Like it's kind of like a place for children. Why would you think that your si- your girlfriend's newborn niece and her sister coming along would be would ruin the trip? I mean, it's not like what did he want? They're going in a group too, so you know people can take turns taking care of the baby. I guess, like, I guess. But if if the whole point was to be child free, I mean, okay. Here, let me read part of the article here. Um, here's the quote: For the past two years, a group of friends and I, the person complaining, have been planning a week long trip to Orlando to visit Disney World and Universal Studios in three weeks. The first rule we made when we started to plan this trip is that it would be child free. Okay. Oh, wow. There's that. All right. Uh, for personal reasons, one of my buddies had to drop out of the trip last minute. Since everything has been paid for, he said that if I could find someone to take his place, he wouldn't expect to be reimbursed in any way except for sweets from Honey Dukes and Mouse Ears. Right? And then he said here, um, uh, he did find someone to fill the vacant spot. His unnamed girlfriend and hopefully soon to be a fiance intervened and announced that she wanted her sister to come along for the adventure. And I guess that's, that's where that's kind of where it went downhill. Mm. Mm. Uh, his unfail his unfazed girlfriend, meanwhile, said that it would be fine if the infant came along and that the larger group could make it work with a newborn in tow. Uh, the redditor described his girlfriend as a huge pushover when it comes to her sister and claimed that she has never said no to her before. Okay. Mm. I, I I'm not sure. I mean, if the rule was to have no kids, and suddenly there's a kid, yeah, I suppose I can it's understand like, why people why why Reddit is siding with the guy. Yeah, because it was already like for two years they've been saying no kids, you know, stress free, and then you say, oh, my sister's coming with her newborn, and it's a newborn, so it's not like her sister's even gonna be able to enjoy anything with a newborn, unless you know she intends on leaving the child with every other person in the group and alternate hmm. which wouldn't be fair to the group you know and also another thing like what if um the adults wanted to stay out late or like stay in the park late or go out right afterwards they're going to be impeded by having a newborn unless you know the sister is cooperative and will just go oh, it's okay you know i'll just take a car home and you know car back to the hotel to put the baby down and you guys can stay out and have fun Right, right. Unless she's like that. But if she's not like that, then I can see why it could ruin the trip. Right. Um, feel free to click on the link that I left in the show notes. There is a lot of comments from Redditors here uh, on, siding, on siding with the guy. Uh, I'll let you read all that. Uh, I'll just let it go and move on to the next. This is story here. Apparently, you can now get a bedtime message from Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney characters for, I think, the next two weeks. There is a number that you can call. It's uh, 877-7-MICKEY. That's uh, 
if you want to like have your kid be told a bedtime story or a bedtime greeting from like a character from Disney or Marvel or Star Wars or something, right? So you can get it from uh, from Mickey Mouse, from Woody, from Toy Story, Jasmine from Aladdin, Anna and Elsa from Frozen, Yoda from Star Wars, Spider-Man, that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, I, I think it's kind of neat. I mean, I wouldn't mind trying it out and 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 take a take a oh, cool. just, just to try it out, right? Kind of thing. Here, maybe maybe we should we should call them right now. Let's 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 let's, let's try this out. I want a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> This is Mickey Mouse, and I think it's time for you to go to sleep. And if you don't go to sleep, the big monster under your bed is going to eat you. <laughs> Have a good night. Well, that's not the kind of uh, message that we should be hearing from Mickey Mouse. Uh, though. Does Mickey know <laughs> that adults are calling? Is that why? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's kind of rude, Mickey. Yeah, very rude with Mickey. Oh, well, anyways, uh, sounds like my kind of uh, bedtime stories, I guess. <laughs> All right, <laughs> on with the show. <laughs> and that's what's going on. Yes, and that's what's going on. <laughs> Before we move on to the next topic, just in case the listeners actually care, Ruti, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram at grace13, that's G-R-R-A-C-E-1-3, for DIY pics, travel pics, food pics, cat pics, and other random pics. You can also find me on Instagram at b.entwined for event designs and planning for birthdays, baby showers, gender reveals, bridal showers, weddings, and other party design or DIY needs. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at albert5x5 and anything whowhatworsewhy.com. Uh, if you want to send us any email, send it to whowhatworsewhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave a quick comment, you can leave it on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or on the website itself. If you want to show your support, because we need it, head over to whowhatworsewhy.com slash support to find out how. And music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworsewhy.com. Now, I would I would be remiss if I at least don't mention MoviePass. Uh, September 14th, was supposed to be the last day that movie pass is in, is uh running as a business. Oh there's a there's a caveat to oh you know what? I haven't done this in a while. I might as well do it. Here's the the intro I gave for movie pass. Once again talking about movie pass even though they can be asked our will still use the service because you know what they really want is Puffer. Sponsor. Now, obviously, I'm not using the service anymore. I haven't used it for almost two years now. And, oh, wow. And clearly, MoviePass, they, they can't afford to sponsor us now, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they announced on the, the website, in the, if you go to moviepass.com, there's actually like a statement saying, saying how, about how the service is over. It's a lot of fluff, but essentially it says here is that over the past several months, MoviePass worked hard to relaunch its groundbreaking subscription service and recapitalize the company. While we are able to relaunch the service for some of our subscribers with an improved technological platform, our efforts to recapitalize the company have not been successful to date. As a result, it pains us to inform you that effective 8 a.m. Eastern Time on September 14, 2019, we must interrupt service for, uh, for all current MoviePass subscribers. Right, so essentially, everybody will get the refund if they need a refund or whatnot, and subscribers are pretty much... We uh, are pretty much over. We, as I say here, we are unable to predict if or when the movie pass service will continue. So even then, even so, they're saying that they're ending the service as at September 14, which already passed. 
They're not telling them. This statement doesn't seem to say that, oh, by the way, it may come back. <laughs> That's essentially what it's saying. We are unable to predict if or when the movie pass service will continue. Now, I would like to say it's over. I, I think I think it's over. It, this is it. This is it. Movie pass is done. Right? It's they, they, They've been around since 2011. Uh, and um, I be, I've had him for about five or six years that that movie pass was in business. Yeah, hmm. it's around the time. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty long time. Yeah, um, I wasn't there the first year. I think I was there the second year, and I left almost two years ago. So yeah, roughly five or six years. They they didn't last a decade, which is sad. But um, but it's kind of like they kind of put it upon themselves that when they lowered the price to a very unsustainable level is when they got really screwed. When the movie theaters decided not to partner with MoviePass to give them some kind of money back, you know, from from uh, from the concession stands and whatnot. Uh, that's when they were really losing all this money, you know. When they spent it, when they spent extra money to try and get money off the movies they were supporting, like the like Gotti <laughs> of all movies uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other ones, uh, they were hoping to get money off the movies themselves. That didn't work out either. So there's and they also bought Movie Phone, which is a service that I guess some people use and they thought maybe they oh could yeah, money. that's right. Yeah, they, they thought they thought they can get money out of that. That didn't work out either. So I mean, they have some IPs under the MoviePass name, and and they're going to try and sell it to get some money back or whatever. But I I think this is it. This I think this is really the last time we're going to see MoviePass. Mm. Except there's this headline here that came out as of this recording today: former MoviePass chairman Ted Farnsworth trying to buy failing subscription company. So, so supposedly he's going to try and buy the company and restart it up again. I don't think so. But, what do you think went wrong with the business module? Uh, well, essentially they were hope they were doing the the, the gym membership model, and they realized uh. they realized that people were actually going to the gym. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Because the 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 gym model the the gym business model is that have people subscribe to a gym and then they don't show up anyway. So it's the yeah. opposite of Ruby Pass. They actually subscribe and they are showing up, and that's why they lost money. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it, it all signs point to that's the reason why, right? And and for for AMC Stubbs A list, they they announced that there are almost a million uh, memberships to AMC Stubbs A list. They can get money back from the concession stands. You know, their concessions sale goes higher because they have more right. people going to AMC. Same to be Regal. They 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 went ahead and released their own subscription service. So they're going to probably see the same kind of growth that AMC had. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, and not only that, but Regal has parent company Cineworld actually had this kind of subscription service model for many years now, maybe even as much as a decade that they've been doing this in the UK. So, and the MoviePass is just the upstart of trying to do the same thing without an actual backing from theaters, and that's the problem. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I got to say, though, is part of... I we still I still gotta give thanks to MoviePass though because this website is partly because of MoviePass. MoviePass was uh, allowed me to watch all these movies that allowed me to do all these movie reviews and talk about movies and whatnot. And part of part of this website wouldn't exist if it wasn't for MoviePass. MoviePass did start something. It is a pioneer for Americans to have a movie theater subscription service. Uh, and for that, I thank them. I don't thank them for for screwing the pooch if they kept. If they kept the, the, the model that, that they had when I first started, I think it would still be around. But nope, they, they tried to get more membership and it kind of 
They got greedy. They got greedy. I think that they got desperate. What it is? Because mm. e- even then, I kept saying that oh, this is never gonna survive. This is never gonna survive. You know, the years down the line, I keep still, I still kept saying oh, this is never gonna survive. But it's not still sustainable. It's not yeah, su- it's not sustainable. So, so they got to the point where they just they got desperate. They thought the gym membership model will will work in their behalf, and there we go. They're they're now officially well, officially in quotes, I guess. Uh, done. Done and over with. So it's too bad. Sorry, movie pass. Um, I always joked about how I will always be with you until you're till you're completely gone, and I even abandoned ship before that happened. So go there, go figure. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, movie pass. Uh, you were good while you were good, and then you became bad. Um, to completely wrap it up, I gotta play at least my outro to music that I made for movie pass. Here we go. So movie pass, will you please be Sponsor! Sponsor! Hey, once again, uh, it's not going to happen. going to be a no. No, it's going to be a no. It's going to be a no. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, AMC and Regal will s- still be around. Uh, hopefully, they, they don't get to the point where they're losing money because I kind of rely on them. But but it is weird because um, out of the three services, I still have seen the most movies using MoviePass. Uh, AMC mm. subs A-list, I was limited to three movies a week and it kind of affected me a little bit. And now Regal Unlimited, which allows me to watch a movie a day, I'm not, wow. I'm not. I'm still not doing that. I'm still not doing that. I'm. I'm actually doing a really crappy average right now of only one movie a week, and hmm. and part of it too is because I, I guess maybe I have less time to watch movies as I used to, and that could be it. Um, I guess so. I guess so, and I guess I should announce this too. But if you listen to this episode and you're looking for my review for either Rambo: Last Blood, or or a couple of other movies that are coming out this weekend, um, you're not going to see them. I'm going to go on a short vacation. Well, vacation. Vacation from <laughs> from Who at Worst Why in the next three days. I'm, I'm going to try and get Rambo up, hopefully, if I see it, by Saturday, if not next week, as of this recording. Uh, the comic strip will still be out on Sunday, assuming Lewis, uh, Lewis actually does it. He'll do it. Uh, and uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell Ruthie why I'm going on a little vacation out of this recording so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at is, that this is the first I'm hearing of this yes yeah so yeah how dare you yeah. but I mean if you go to if you go to Instagram you'll see that I'm gonna go to a concert on Thursday night but it has nothing to do with that <laughs> but, but okay. yeah okay okay anyways <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out off recording well yeah Ruth will find out off recording uh, you listeners uh, just okay <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. That's all you get. All right. Whereas I gave a whole 15-minute spiel about my trip and you guys will know nothing. <laughs> it's not that important. All you need to know is that if you're looking for a review for Rambo Last Blood, it's going to be really, it's going to be kind of late than that I normally would have put it up. Okay. Mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not that, it's not that mysterious. It's not that mysterious. I'm just telling you, if you're looking for my, for my, for my, so I will get one review out a week. That's how I normally do it. Last Blood would have been out by either Thursday night or early Friday morning, and it's not gonna happen this week. That's that's all I guess. I, I, that's all I have to say. That's all. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. This is episode two hundred and fifty-four of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What Worst Why Network.